cheese asmr yeah guys julia just texted me i was like oh i'll start the recording and she was like i have some bubbly cheese asmr for you (laughs) (laughs) that none of us asked for (laughs) oh i heard a little bit you hear it oh yep there it is what form is your bubbly cheese in right now it is in the oven as an eggplant parmesan Ooh, wow, you really buried the lead on that. (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah, well, we'll see how it turns out. I always think I'm going to do, like, a really good job with an eggplant parmesan. When I buy eggplants, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so fancy. And then I don't realize that, like, I don't know. I just never use the right size pan. So it's a very thin eggplant parmesan. (laughs) Oh, well, eggplant's also super hard to cook. I never get it because I always feel like it absorbs too much like oil and stuff from anything that I'm cooking with. I don't know the tricks. I don't know. No, for sure. You're never supposed to fry eggplant because it is a sponge and will soak up all the oil. So I bake mine beforehand. Mm. You do a little pre-bake? Yeah, I do a little pre-bake. Well, an eggplant parmesan, you have to like you're supposed to fry the eggplant first. You're supposed to, like, bread it and fry it. But I bread oh. it and bake it. Ooh. So. Really shaking it up. Shaking it up. No excess oil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Because I also never seem to bake it long enough. So even though I've baked it beforehand and then, like, bake it again, it still has, like, a little... I'll spring back to it. It's not the, like, mush that I generally like. Ah, yes. Yes, the eggplant mush. The eggplant mush. (laughs) (laughs) So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm leaving it in the oven. I guess I should maybe not leave it in the oven. But maybe I want to leave it in the oven. I don't know. Am I going to burn this? Oh, I don't know. I am 3,000 miles away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Julia, my cats are being so rowdy and weird right now stop bragging that you have cats (laughs) (laughs) I know humble brag that I have cats right now um well maybe you want Franklin I will ship him to you right now because I have been in such a fight with him for the past 24 hours he has decided so I think I I'm unclear who thought up this route first, whether it was actually Shadow or it was Franklin. I think it might have been Franklin because I feel like I've caught him trying to do this like a long time ago and he just kind of forgot about it. And now he's like, oh, hey, remember that thing? And now Shadow's like, oh, a thing. Um, Okay, so our closet is so super stupid. And it's one of those that like has those huge sliding doors on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so... John's stuff is on one side, my stuff is on the other, and it's, like, where our main, like, dressers are, and, like, in in between we have, like, all of our hanging clothes. So Franklin has been pawing open. I mean, it's not hard for him to paw open the sliding doors. Um, We also, they never used to fuck with shit, so, like, we just leave it open. But Franklin has been 
pawing it open, jumping up onto John's dresser. My dresser's really high, and so, like, they never... And there's no, there's no like, normal way for them to get up there, so they never mm-hmm. get up there. So I just, like, left a ton of my, like, jewelry up there and, like, other shit. I feel like I might have talked about this once, because Franklin did this one other time, and I was, like, so mad at him. He's never done it again until now, and he did it, like, three times in the last 24 hours. <laughs> oh, no. So I discovered his route. So he, here's the way he does this. So basically I left all my like, well, formerly now everything is like under lock and key, but you know, all like tiny little earrings out and like oh, necklaces mm-hmm. draped mm-hmm. everywhere and like just would hear every tiny little dish just like scattering. And he just yeah. like, Oh, so bad. So what he's been doing, he'll paw open the, the dresser or the uh the closet he'll jump up on john's side so like this is like the length of a room like it's pretty long the closet Mm -hmm. he jumps up on john's dresser he jumps onto the actual coat hangers like the actual hangers that we have that are holding clothing yeah i've seen cats do this before and they like tunnel crawl (sighs) through the middle Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, he's been doing like he does it not even through the middle. Like he does it over the like on the like you know like the like the triangle side like the, on the far the sh- side. The shoulder part? Yeah, the shoulder part on the other side. So like oh. you just see him like stretch the length of these like I made him I probably am a terrible cat parent, but I was like he was like in the middle of my dresser and like kicking shit everywhere. I was like <laughs> this is like the, all my jewelry and like everything that I don't want anyone to touch like I was Mm -hmm. so mad and so I like pushed him he was like "Ooh, ooh, how do I get down and I was like well you're going back the way you came buddy (laughs) so like (laughs) I like kind of pushed him towards that and he was like oh oh I don't want to go this way and I was like well sorry you're going that way so I made him army crawl you need a, a spray bottle I know we've tried that before. He kind of likes Franklin's the one that kind of likes water though, so he kind of <laughs> does like a little dog thing where he's like, "Oh, I like it. Oh, that's interesting. I want more. Oh, oh, wow, give me some more." Mm-mm. Oh, he's such a little dolt. He did that like literally three times just oh, within the past no. like 24 hours, and like every time I've been like picking up teeny tiny little earrings off the ground and like. I'm sure now I have to like move my entire dresser. Like all of this shit is not very movable, but like, I'm sure I move my dresser and I'm going to find like every second pair of earrings and like a yeah, koozie sure. and like, Oh yeah. my God, the stupidest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chuni had that phase too, but he would jump up on my, I have like, I have very many surfaces in my apartment, but I do have like a round, um, like, it's not really a dining room table. It's more like a cafe style table <laughs> because I'm not, I don't have a big enough place to have a dining room table, but I had my, it's like my only surface that like has a chair attached to it or like with it that goes with it. So I had my sewing machine on there for a really long time and Chuni loved batting around my like bobbins and um like measuring tapes and like little things of thread oh and if I left my uh my like pins my like straight pins they were in a little container but if I left it like even if the top was like even remotely not latched the entire way he would like fling it across the room and straight pins would go 
everywhere. Oh, God. Which was A, dangerous, and B, like, they're hard to see. Yeah. <laughs> on the ground, and they would go, like, underneath my table legs, and ugh, it was a disaster. So when I moved, I found, like, 20 of them just, like, scattered around my apartment. Just to say that I feel your pain and know how it is to, like, lose things underneath of stuff. Ugh, so I've been in, like, active anger mode towards my cats but also like none of well okay not none of them I just fed them mm-hmm. and uh, I was like oh I'll feed them and they'll be so happy and then we'll record and it'll be great literally only Murphy like there are three bowls that I'm looking at right now Murphy's is licked clean and the other two are just like still completely full I don't know what Shadow and Franklin were doing before I got home but not eating <laughs> not eating is what they're doing yeah Ugh. well I'm sorry to brag my uh my cats are terrible, but uh, yeah, you know, humble brag. You have them. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're still there and they love you. Oh, uh-huh. you're getting yours back soon. I know, not soon enough. It's never soon enough. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine are still on vacation for anyone who's worried about the whereabouts of my cat. <laughs> They're on the farm. <laughs> the farm. The farm that doesn't mean d- passed on to a, another life. Yes, correct. <laughs> the, actual the actual farm. Real farm. <laughs> the actual real farm that is our parents' house. Yes. Yeah, you never really. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think maybe last time you gave us a little update on how Canada was. Did I? Was I back by then? How long have I been back? <laughs> I don't know. How long have I not published an episode? I know, it's been like a week. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm pulling out my cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Paranormal Eggplant Parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> Paranormal baking. Yes. Paranormal baking. Um, yeah, we are. Oh, guys, we're so excited to be back on our cozy mystery train. We're back in our native habitat of Breakfast Island. Breakfast Island. I actually am loving this book so far. Yeah, we're getting some like really great cranky quiller in time. It's so true. We really are. It's like prime crank. That is true. Um, guys, we're so excited. We are back in the. I was literally about to say the grumpy mystery. <laughs> the, the grumpy mystery series. <laughs> The cozy mystery series, but also I'd read a fucking grumpy mystery. That sounds I mean, pretty great. We are kind of reading a grumpy <laughs> mystery. Oh my god, we are so excited. I'm so excited. We're reading um The Cat Who Came to Breakfast. And yes. it is just it's kind of funny because there are like little like I feel like I keep comparing it to Pet Cemetery, even though I clearly should not be. <laughs> But there yeah, are two different, different genres. <laughs> yeah, very different genres. But I feel like there are like little twinges here and there. Like there's a path. There's like, I mean, it doesn't feature prominently. And I don't think we even get to it until next section. But um, and maybe that's literally only it. But there's a lot of outdoors, you know, a lot of little community, a lot of, you know, no, no zombie cats yet. But, you know, we don't know. We don't know. That's true. There are a lot of stray cats. That's true. Yeah, I do kind of like that. I kind of hope we get some more uh, some more stray cat action in, in this. Some more dumpster cats. Our favorite dumpster kind. Dumpster cats. 
The best kind of cat. Oh, the best kind of cat. Trash cat. Trash cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this book is great. We are back in the cat who, back with LJB. Yes, and we are on Breakfast Island. Well, Julia, actually, there are four different names that it's been known by. That's true. What's <laughs> the... uh? What's the original name? Ooh, uh, the native people that live on the island call it Providence Island. Uh Uh-huh. And what's the next name it got? Oh, God. The next name it got was from all the (laughs) richies, the, Uh the, like, rich people that came and, you know, claim, not really claim the island is theirs, but, like, built up their big big old rich residences and Uh they called it the grand island club that sounds right okay okay and how did it get the name breakfast island oh that i don't know do we know that um it's kind of a mystery it's it like tells a story of why it's named Breakfast Island in the same paragraph that it's like, and no one knows why it's called Breakfast Island. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so in the olden days, fishermen would like go out at sunrise and go fishing and then stop along the shores of the island to cook up their breakfast. Oh, that's right. Okay, I do remember yeah. that. Um, and and then, then the most recent name. Yes, is Pear Island. Because that is what um, the this XYZ Enterprises, as you all recall from numerous, or you may or may not, I only barely recalled. Um, it's not a big, big fact uh, in anyone's life on a daily basis. But in the Cat Who series, um, XYZ Enterprises is that kind of big, nefarious company that, you know, is always kind of involved in shady dealings, but is always still kind of around. So they're kind of the villains of uh, mm-hmm. the cat who mm-hmm. and so they are actually the ones who have built a resort a big new resort on providence slash grand island slash pear island slash breakfast island um and they've kind of renamed it pear island because it tested better with in their like marketing demographics yeah and quillerin immediately hates it because he's like pears are the worst fruit <laughs> oh <laughs> He has, like, an immediate visceral reaction. So the first, we start this book with, um, we, LJB does her, like, kind of setup. We get, like, a, a small little snippet chapter of a man with a mustache on a boat with two cats in a bag. And uh, <laughs> we're like, ooh, what's happening here? We don't really get much, just that kind of snippet. And then we immediately. But they're on a boat. But they are on a boat. That is true. Yeah. Um. And they're they're rocketing towards somewhere. We do not know where. I'm waggling my eyebrows up and down. Mm. Um, and uh, then we immediately get Quiller and being a super grumpy to all of his friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we get uh, a double date happening pretty soon with the Rikers, who are now married. The newlyweds. The newlyweds, new from their Christmas uh, dog sledding wedding. Was yeah. Was there dog sledding at their wedding? Well, <laughs> I forget. 
only by default because remember they got snowed in and they were like out at a lodge somewhere and Quillerin was like, I need to get home to the no. cats. And they were right, like, because the elevator thief. Yes, that's right. <laughs> for the elevator thief. I forgot what it was for. Yeah, he like had to get home and like check on the cats and so uh, he had a dog sled home. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the 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 lovely newlyweds and Quillerin and Polly are having a dinner and breakfast island comes up because it's apparently the like hot new vacation destination that everyone's going to ever since the Klingenschkone fund. I know. How dare they? I know. I think I kind of enjoyed that. This is the first time because they've like, they've talked about this. Like it's been mentioned that Quillerin gave all of his money to this foundation, yeah. but like in every other book, we like the only time we ever see this foundation use its money is when Quillerin is like telling them what to do. So it's like kind of like still feels like his money, but this is the first time we've seen them use his money like as a foundation without his like direct consent. Yeah. And they're like annoyingly do-goodery in the books. Like I'm not saying I'm definitely not naysaying any foundations that do good work. I, we obviously need that in the world, but in these books, it is kind of like they're put on this pedestal of like, Oh, you're right. They always do what Quillerin says. Quillerin is always like doing the right thing, sending the money to the right places. Like it's almost, well, it's to the right places based on like his personal experiences in life. Like he'll encounter someone in need and he'll be like, Oh, the Klingenstone fund will take care of that. That's true. So it's not always for like the greater good I guess it's like for Quillerin's personal life good <laughs> that's true and you know what every time they talk about the Klingenschgun fund it's in terms of like bettering the community mm-hmm. not necessarily for you know anyone or anything in need you know it's like there's kind of a a bit of a differentiation and like that really does get differentiated here because the the Klingenschgun fund has basically greenlit this resort and done a lot of like XYZ Enterprises, I think, is mostly running it, but the Klingenschgun Fund put a lot of money into, like, a certain bed and breakfast that we're going to go to in a little bit, and um, mm-hmm. I think a few other ways that the Klingenschgun Fund fund helped, because um, breakfast, I'm going to call it Breakfast Island, because I think that's the most fun. Yeah. Um, breakfast Island is right off of, like, you can get there directly from Pickaxe, so you have to go through Pickaxe to get there. Mm-hmm. And so it's summer now, <laughs> if you can believe it. Um, and it is going to bring in just a ton of tourism. And so the Klingenschkone Fund was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great for the community because we're going to bring in a lot of money this way and a lot of, you know, new people and, you know, just kind of help the community in that way. And Quillerin is immediately grumpy about it. <laughs> yeah, no, he hates it. He hates tourism he hates island tourism he hates beaches he hates <laughs> dominoes he hates hotels oh. oh my god are you trying to list everything he hates because we'll be here all night <laughs> he hates pears oh he hates pears oh that's what I was like kind of going back to earlier he immediately starts ranting about how breakfast island is the best name pear island is terrible and it's all based on just his own appetite like he just thinks breakfast sounds more appetizing than pears which like that's based on preference i mean i happen to agree with him 
But, I mean, pears are still great. He Because he listed, like, a whole bunch of complaints about it. He's like, they're mealy, they're gross. And I'm like, hey, you've never had a good pear then. I mean, yes. granted, it is one of those fruits where, like, if it's good, it's, like, real good. But then, like, other times it's just straight bad. But there are good pears out there. There are good well, pears. Mildred was immediately, though, I loved Mildred. I kind of love Mildred a lot but in the mm-hmm. especially in this one conversation Quillaren's kind of like ranting and like being a general bore <laughs> and Mildred's like hey you don't knock a pear with a good goat cheese I think I think it's like goat cheese she, she basically says some kind of cheese like brie or goat cheese or something and it was like mm-hmm. oh heck yeah I would take a slice of pear and a uh, goat cheese right now like that sounds yeah. great yeah I think she even listed a couple of pairings she's like oh pear with like a good cheese or like pear dipped in chocolate like you like yeah pair a good pear with like <laughs> something else fun and you have a delightful little snack slash dessert that is true I've had a lot of great pear desserts we're just ranting about pears now <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh another thing that Quillerin hates is fudge Oh yeah, Quiller and hates fudge. Fudge. Also, we can't go too far without me just making making this joke that I just came up with in my head, which was, <laughs> "Welcome to paranormal captivity." Ah, uh, because we're <laughs> only talking about pears. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> this, this episode is us baking with pears. <laughs> um, but you're right. There's a very like so the fudge thing has been a joke throughout so far because it's become so basically it's a little tourist town like they have taken the, this island that's been there forever xyz enterprises and the clinging show and fund has built up this like i i was kind of picturing like that, that time i went to the disney island where it was like disney and then there's like a resort and like a little boardwalk and then there's like mm-hmm. you know obviously towns but they're not maybe it's not, they're not like they're not real towns. Yeah, they're well, or they are, but they're like far away, and they're with the people that have lived there forever, and probably should have more, like, you know, should yeah. definitely have more say in like what happens on their land. And but this, yeah, and this, I mean, that is exactly what this sounds like. The people who have lived there forever are like far away in what is incorrectly termed pirate town. Yeah, they're Piratesville. Told- pirate town yeah and then Quillerin brings that up because he's even told by so the other big part of this is that Lori and Nick Bamba are running a bed and breakfast on um, breakfast island and um, it's even Nick Bamba who has told Quillerin upon Quillerin's you know few questions at certain different points that pirate town is the name where all of the locals live or the name of the town where the locals live and then Quillerin brings that up to a local, and they're like, oh, f- fuck no, that makes us super mad, actually, when you call it Pirate Town. And uh, it turns out the pirates have been, like, a big mis- mis- misnomer, or maybe that's not the right word. Like, pirates have been, like, the lore forever about this island. Like, the whole, we even learn in this conversation with um, Mildred and Arch, Riker, and Polly and Quillerin, like, a little bit of the history of the quote unquote history of the island is that um, the people who initially settled the island were like ship people shipwrecked from boats that were like smuggling stuff or like, you know, floating by and then shipwrecked. 
which sounded kind of suspicious to me. I can't, I can't imagine an entire island populated just from people that were shipwrecked. I don't know. That seems a yeah, little far-fetched to me. That does seem a little far-fetched. And also, like, wasn't it a thing back in the day that, like, I'm learning all of my lore from Pirates of the Caribbean, so don't take this seriously? <laughs> yeah, I immediately disqualified it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But wasn't it a thing that, like... Like women were bad luck on ships, so wouldn't pi- like wouldn't like a downed pirate ship be all men? They can't populate an island. That's kind of what I was thinking, actually. Of like, yeah, I don't know that women had a ton of place, and like, I mean, especially... not that there were no women pirates because look up women pirates. I think there was at least one, and she sounds badass. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was also a Facebook post, so it could be fake too. <laughs> well, and also the patriarchy. obviously getting my history and news from credible sources oh yes of course of course i mean my other thought was like also patriarchy who knows who, like who they what women they kidnap or like whatever could have happened mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, you know whatever mm-hmm. but, but yeah of course oh the sirens <laughs> how could i forget <laughs> duh <laughs> yeah um but yeah basically yeah it, that does end up being as like kind of you know, misinformation e as it sounds. Um, we don't get the full actual history of the island, but we do kind of get the, like, the whole pirate theme is a lot of nonsense, and that the mm-hmm. actual name of the town where the locals live is Providence Village. And, uh, yeah, so maybe we should go back to, so I know we have, we kind of keep, again, this is now our new new normal of, like, spiraling around. <laughs> it's so, just, it's hard to talk about it without, like, divulging the history that we already know. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I hope it's okay. Yeah, I feel like it's okay, because we're given the content. I feel like we're doing a great job explaining. Uh, you know what? I think we're doing an excellent job explaining. Yeah, I'm going to pat us both on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, our whole thesis is that, you know, we're reading things so you guys don't have to. <laughs> You don't know what order it came in. We nailed it. Came in that order. <laughs> That's true. We've been confessing to this. We probably don't have to. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the history of the island. Back to the conversation. Quillerin, aside from even just being his grumpy self, has out- openly been like, no, I will not go there because everyone else at the dinner table <laughs> yeah. is like, let's go for a weekend. And actually Arch has already been because the paper, the newspaper has had like a, like a press weekend where they like, you know, did like a soft launch of the, of the hotel and like everything was like open and running for, mm-hmm. you know, publicity and everything. And so Arch has already, has already been and is like, it was great. I had fun. And yeah. like, and then Arch is even like, Quiller, and you should have been there. Like, you wrote, actually, that I was like a little bit, I mean, I'm always a little bit annoyed at Quillerin, but yeah, for sure. I was like extra annoyed at Quillerin about this because Quillerin apparently already wrote an article about the island without having been there and is like already naysaying it. And even Arch kind of alludes to it a little bit of like, you should have been there. Like, how could you write this column without? Yeah. And Quillerin was like, I saw the pictures, I hated them. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh. I've been before the commercialization, and I saw the pictures of the tiny little town they built for the tourists, and I didn't like it. So, there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Although, to be fair, he does get his comeuppance very quickly, because everyone is like, we should go, we should go. And he's like, no, I will not go. And then, like... Won't be caught dead. Yeah, we could not be bothered. Do not speak to me of this again. Um... 
like right after that nick bomba calls him and is like so nick bomba is his like true crime bud he's like probably Mm -hmm. the closest like confidant quillerin has i feel like besides like arch but that's always still like friend slash businessy like nick and Lori bomba are the ones Lori's the one that know is like the cat expert and she did quillerin's um like fan mail and secretary stuff for a while um and Nick was the engineer at the prison, or is still, I guess, but they're trying to transition into this Airbnb that they now own because of the Klingenschgone Fund on Breakfast slash Pair slash Providence slash Grand Island Club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick, like, immediately, Quillaren gets home and, like, immediately call gets a call from Nick, and Nick is, like, super upset and is just being like, oh, my gosh, this... this is crazy like we've only been here you know we haven't been here that long but there have already been like three big like incidents and so he starts to list off these like suspicious things that have started happening on the island um that piqued interest well a couple of them had actually made the news because we get like a little intro a little teaser at dinner everyone or no it was right after dinner um they hear something on the news and Quillerin calls Arch and is like see it's terrible oh right Um, because they they talked about at dinner something happened oh the chicken the food poisoning happened and like a bunch of people got food poisoning from the hotel right and then right when they got back from dinner they hear on the news that someone actually died at um at the hotel he drowned he was like drinking too much and drowned in a pool or at least that's what the story was yeah supposedly supposedly so Quillian's already a little bit like mm, some funny business going on over there <laughs> and then when nick calls he's like uh yeah actually it's not just the hotel like it's our little like bed and breakfast too we had an accident on they had um one of their guests like fell through their like front stairs but yeah. Nick was like we had that inspected like not too long ago he said it would like the inspector said it was totally fine like this building is up to code it's totally safe I have no idea how it happened so yeah. like things are happening and like they may or may not be accidents but it's a mystery and we all know Quillerin loves a good mystery he does. His little mustache, or his big mustache. His big old mustache. His big old mustache started twinging, twing, yeah. twingling, twingling. And Nick also threw in the sweet deal of getting to move for the summer, which we all know Quillerin also loves to do, is uproot his, his whole crew and He's move them around of- for like short periods of time. He really does love that. He's a little bit yeah. of a basic vacation bitch. Yeah, for sure. Especially if it's like free and attached to a crime. That he it is solve. true. Yeah, hundred percent. Because Nick Bamba immediately is like, "Come stay with us and like snoop around." And then Quillerin is like, "You done. know what? I'm gonna call." <laughs> and then he like, yeah, is like done immediately. And then immediately is like, "Ooh, I have to save face and I have to word this right." Because <laughs> <laughs> I just bitched to everyone about how I wouldn't be caught dead on this island. <laughs> he. That bastard didn't even tell Polly. I was so mad at him. I know. Okay, so Polly's on vacation. Yeah, Polly leaves she vacation took vacation like right after this. 
Yeah, she sprung it at dinner that she was going to go visit a friend in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Quillard waits until she leaves to go to Breakfast Island. He, like, takes her to the airport and is like, bye, and then goes to Breakfast Island without telling her. She After he was like, him. yeah, and he was, like, bitching in his head, not out loud, so, like, we'll give him a little credit, but he was, like even bitching about Polly going on vacation. He was like, every time she goes away, she, like, finds a new man. Which is not true. That happened once. Yeah, but every time he goes on fucking vacation, who does he find? Some sexy lady. That's not even a vacation. That's, like, every other day. That's true. That is true. breathes lustily over some, some young lady. I mean, he always goes back to Polly, but... And he never actually does anything. That is true. He just has... He always just has some weird thoughts. That's true. I guess, you know, in some ways, I guess we shouldn't fault him because it also is like, sure, everyone is still attracted. Like, just, you know, you're always still attracted to people, even if you're in a relationship. But mm-hmm. it is true that he never does anything, and he is always very yeah. respectful of women. Yeah, that's true. And he does always, in his head and out loud, declare Polly, like, his best match. It is true. And I did appreciate, too, especially this time, this book, um, it talked about how age-appropriate Polly is, which, like, I actually kind of liked because there have been, like, other books where, like, you know, he's, you know, noticing attractive younger women and it always is a thing, you know, like, men dating younger women and, like, it is always, like, kind of a good, I don't know, I feel like it was, like, a good little, little mention again of, like, oh, yeah, they're, like, the same age and in the same, like, stages of life and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he he was also like for a brief second before Polly left when he was like, oh, who's she going to meet on this vacation? I think there was like a, a brief moment where he was like, should I lock it down? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, should this become a thing? Should we like take it to the next step? That is true. But they then, haven't. They no. have not yet. They have not. And they do still both seem very anti-marriage. That doesn't mean they can't be committed. I mean, I feel like, aren't they? I guess maybe they haven't spoken about it. I feel like we were... I don't think they've spoken about... Yeah, I think... I think they're... I think they're avoiding it because I feel like the word friend was used in this book when we all know they're clearly not just friends. That's true. Did you... There We got another LJB sex scene, a.k.a. Polly invited him up to say goodnight to Bootsy, quote unquote, and then we get like the cut later to Quiller and driving home. Yeah, we don't know what happened. I think it was actually the same night, which is a little disappointing. Oh, well, I mean, they could have, they could have, they could have, I mean, yeah, no, for sure, but I'm just saying, like, same night, come on, Quiller in. That's true, that's true. But they can't be caught. Like, that's part of it, too, is that they can't be caught. That is their reputations. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. they live in each other's backyard. He can just, like, dig a tunnel. Well, they don't anymore, though, really. He is back in the apple barn. Oh, I guess I thought that was closer then. You're right. No, that one is far yeah. farther away. I mean, I guess, actually, maybe it is. Because that's on Good Winter Boulevard, too, I think. So, yeah, I is think it, it is. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. I mean, it's an apple bar, and it can't really be that close to things. But he does have a tunnel, doesn't he? 
Well, um, yeah, he has, uh, I think it's a tunnel to the theater because he, the apple barn is really close to the theater. Oh my God. Someone draw us a map of pickaxe. Yeah. (laughs) Help us out. (laughs) How can we get Polly and Quiller in (laughs) a night together without (laughs) having to worry about walking home? Their reputations. Yeah. We'll just teleport them to 2019. Yeah, seriously, where their reputations would be fine if they slept overnight. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. No one cares. No. Um, well, yeah, so either way, uh, Quillerin calls Arch and, like, reframes the whole thing and kind of even starts out being a little bit, like, repentant and is like, oh, I I was probably a bore last night, wasn't I? Well, anyway, I'm going to go to the island and write a bunch of articles about the island. <laughs> and the newspaper's going to pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, literally, the newspaper's gonna pay for it. Um, yeah. Which is hysterical. So Arch kind of gives him a little bit of guff, but, you know, obviously does um, approve it. And so, yeah, then we flash right back to that first scene that we got. Um, it turns out it's Nick Bomba's boat that is rocketing Quillerin towards Breakfast Island with the two Siamese in. And the turkey roaster, we got a great moment with the turkey roaster where Nick Bomba is like, are you gonna be cooking? <laughs> What is this? That's the cat shitter. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's like, I've seen my fair share. That's not what I was expecting. Yeah. (laughs) It's not what we use. Nope. Not in our Um, house. Yeah, because they're cat people too. They have like. They are cat people, but knowing Lori, she probably has like a litter genie. That's true. Yes, 100%. Or like. Or the the 90s version of that. Yeah. Um, they also have a bunch of strays that they take care of, which was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they do make it, we get probably like half a chapter of, uh, of them on the boat, which definitely sounds stressful to me. The idea of cats in a bag on a boat. Yeah, Um, for sure. But it sounds like they didn't mind it. No, it actually, in the way that like, sometimes they sound better behaved than my cats they were mm-hmm. apparently in the bag just like sniffing the air and like loving the breeze and hanging out yeah which yeah mine i cannot imagine would be doing that no for sure chewy screams when he <laughs> leaves the house so that'd be, that would have been fun me too chewy me too <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You gotta pull me kicking and screaming out of this <laughs> this one bedroom. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Oh god. So they make it to Breakfast Island. Um mm-hmm. they make it to the Domino Inn, which is Nick and Lori Bomba's bed and breakfast. And I was immediately disappointed in Quillerin's reaction. <laughs> yeah, another thing that Quillerin hates this bed and breakfast. <laughs> not even just dominoes it's the entire domino in (laughs) (laughs) yes so to be fair it does sound like a little bit quirky and we all know quillerin is quirky in his own way but he's like at heart a bougie bitch so a hundred percent he cannot handle anyone else's quirk like there's only room in quillerin's world for his own quirk you are a hundred percent right (laughs) for sure he's very particular and this does not this end does not meet his standards. No. Um, yeah. So it seems like kind of like an old, like, I don't know. I was getting like a bungalow vibe from it. 
Yeah, I was picturing if you have you watched the Marvelous Miss Maisel at all? No. Oh, well, there's a camp that they go. Well, not really a camp. It's like a, a weekend retreat or a summer retreat place in mm-hmm. the Berkshires where they go. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of picturing that like they had like separate houses that they all stayed in with like the screened in porch. And like, granted, I think this is much more of like a like an apartment version of that. But like mm-hmm. he's got like a screened in porch. He's got a little bedroom. He's got probably like a half kitchen, like one of the little small ones. Um yeah. Honestly, I was, like, mad at him because I was, like, what you're describing is probably the size of my apartment, and you're making me feel bad, Quillerin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely not his, like, you know, massive, like, circular barn that has, like, spiral staircases going up and, like, a fireplace in the middle, and, like, it's not that fancy. Right. So he is he is definitely downgrading. Yes. But yeah, I mean he's staying in like a suite of a like bed and breakfast. He's not in a hotel. He's not in like a high-rise building. Like he knew it. He should have known what he was getting into. Yes, no 100%. And the Klingage Gun Fund has technically funded this bed and breakfast as well, so it like would not have been hard for him to be like, "Oh, see a picture here and there or like look it up." And like he's like immediately mad that like the Klingage Gun Fund is funding them almost. And I'm like yeah, I just was mad because I was like, these people are your friends and like, I don't know, you can have whatever opinion. Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe we're just like rioting against the fact of like being trapped in a man's mind. While we're reading these books. <laughs> a fancy um, man's mind. A fancy man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this definitely sounds nicer than like most of the places I've stayed in my poor AmeriCorps Peace Corps life. <laughs> yes, same. Hard For sure. Um, and they, like, they go hard with their domino theme. So each of the, like, little bungalows on the outside. So there's, like, a main, like, a main bed and breakfast house, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, like, lodge, um, which has, like, the kitchen and, like, main breakfast dining room area and also looks like it has you know I think he said it was like eight um kind of like single rooms for people to stay but then it has the Mm -hmm. like the suites along the outside that are like individual houses kind of like I guess like mother-in-law suite type buildings um and there are five of those and they paint them like dominoes yeah so they're all called like four pip like Quiller and Stang and four pips, which apparently are what the little dots on uh, dominoes are called. I did not know mm-hmm. that. I did not know that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, Quiller and Stang and four pips. Um, I'm trying to remember. I feel like I got all we got all caught up in everything that's happened up until now. But I don't remember like what happens after this. I know we've read ahead because we're yeah at some point going to record a second episode. But <laughs> at some point, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he he gets there. Actually, you know what? I'm going to have to look at the book, too, because I can't remember. I know he he gets there, and he sees... So as they're, like, driving up, they, he, they like, come over a hill. They see some, like, paragliders, parasailers, paragliders, some, like, a bunch of tourists. And Nick is like, oh, yeah, they've been, like, out and about. And Quillerin sees someone in the distance, and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and I actually, to be completely honest, when the reveal happened, I was like, who is that? <laughs> Do we know her? Oh, 
Yeah, I literally kept thinking, oh my God, it's fucking Miranda Goodwinter. I knew she's been alive this entire time. And of course it's not. <laughs> uh, it's it's absolutely not. But it is no. someone that I think we have met before. I just don't remember who she is. Yeah, I think we met her during, was it possibly during, uh, this doesn't matter, but it, it could definitely have been during the big burning of one of the last books or like the play. She's mm-hmm. a, um, a drama teacher is what we mm-hmm. come to discover. And that she apparently has made advance. Oh, yeah, you know, I do remember this. I feel like it was someone similar to Miranda who's put in that position of, like, you know, someone who's trying to lock it down with, you know, the local eligible bachelor and Mm -hmm. is someone that Quillard is very not interested in. Yeah. Yes. So we see her. We find out she is staying at the Domino Inn bed and breakfast hotel also um but i think well the first thing that quillerin does is go in and like let his cats out and we immediately um discover his distaste for all of the decorations and the size of the room he just has like a whole list of complaints about the place but i Mm -hmm. think he like pretty immediately goes into town into the uh the main hotel that's been built because that's where the restaurant is. And so he gets breakfast at his bed and breakfast, but then he eats dinner at this hotel every time he um, eats dinner. Can you hear that ambulance? I can. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming this way. (laughs) It's, It's heading towards us. It's definitely getting louder. Oh, no. Oh, you know what else I realized happened? Um, I realized, I just realized, um, during, in within the course of Quillera deciding to go to Breakfast Island and getting there, there's another catastrophe that happens. I think it's, like, the day that he leaves. Um, someone else dies, or, like, multiple people die in a boating accident. Oh, um, right. There was an explosion. Yeah, like a boat fucking explodes in the marina that's like the new marina, the you know, attached to the hotel. And uh, it's kind of written uh, like kind of all of these of like, oh, freak accident. Like it was just a, you know, they co- apparently call the tourists. They don't call them tourists. They call them vacationers because mm-hmm, that sounds mm-hmm. nicer. Um, but it was someone from the mainland who doesn't usually boat and hasn't, you know, take even Nick Bamba as he's boating is like, yeah, I didn't know how to boat, but I took a fucking class and, like, no one else is, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's, I don't, that looks suspicious to us as well. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so, yeah, so that's right. Quillerin starts, um, immediately kind of starts sleuthing around. Like, apparently mm-hmm. everything's kind of walking distance because he, or maybe like a long walking distance. Because sometimes he takes a, oh, there's another weird detail about this island no cars are allowed or anything like motorized so everyone get the cat all the cabs are horse-drawn carriages so it's like really mm-hmm. reverting back here yeah. which um, i kind of like i think it's kind of cute it is kind of quaint that's for sure yeah yeah um, i mean I love even yeah even that doesn't because one of quillerin's complaints is that like they're ruining the environment of the island and he was like, there's going to be highways and roads and blah, blah, blah. And Nick's like, actually, it's all horse-drawn carriages. And Quillerin's like, that's true. <laughs> and it's true. Quillerin has kind of derailed at every turn of like, 
Okay. Yeah. And like the town is supposed to be like it's not like a high rise hotel. Like they make it look kind of like old timey and quaint and like the way Quillern describes it when he gets to the main part of town is that it looks like a movie set because it like oh yeah fits but like in that kind of like new fake way so right. I can imagine it like it looks very nice I'm sure they tried very hard that's true and they do keep talking about how like quote-unquote rustic it is you're right it sounds like they tried to take kind of the the feel of what was already there and mm-hmm. obviously make it like luxury but keep like a theme and a thought process but what we get when Quiller as soon as Quiller and walks in the door to the hotel he was like whoa you guys bought in hard on pirate themed items yeah it's like all and he also notes how many children there are in the room oh, yeah apparently it's like very much like Disneyland or Disney World either yeah. one both of them Quiller and yeah Quiller and Achilles heel and least favorite thing on the planet might be children yeah, he his first question is, is there a no smoking room? And they're like, there's no smoking on the premises. And he's like, great, is there a no children room? <laughs> Which is a great follow-up question. <laughs> yeah, and there actually was one. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, on that Disney cruise that I went on, there is actually, like, there are different decks for, like, this is the kid deck, this is the adult deck, this is the kid deck, this is the everyone deck, this is the adult deck. Like, they do a good job of kind of being like, oh, you need time away from your kids? Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. I mean. It does. You do. You can't have a vacation that's all about your children. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. It's a lot of work. Um, so Quillen kind of immediately tries to set up a good rapport with the barman, the guy who runs the bar. Um and he starts to ask around about, like, and not quite, there's a second encounter where he, like, really alienate, alienates this guy that he's, like, trying to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically, like, kind of tries to start asking questions about, like, hey, that guy that was, like, that, you know, drowned here at the pool, like, did he get, do you remember him? Did you serve him? Like, and, like, he, you know, the guy doesn't really answer, but he does leave a big tip. And so he's, like, you know, comes back later. Um, but he also runs into a friend of his whose name I forget. The tall guy. Oh, no, he comes later. Oh, okay. Eric? Oh, yeah, the guy from um, the Scottish trip. Yeah. Let me see if I can find his name. Bruce? It's something like that. Something Dwight? with a B. Was it Dwight? Dwight? Yeah, I'm seeing... Oh, yeah, it is, because they mentioned... Hang on, let me find his first name. Mm, that is not They mentioned Lyle Compton, who was definitely someone I remember from the Scotland trip. Lyle Compton. Oh, is he the historian? Um, no, he's the... Lyle Compton, yeah, what does he do? He's, like, he's always in the theater, like, the plays, and that's why, like, they're talking about him. This part doesn't really matter, but this guy, Dwight, who works for on Xbridge, who is the X in XYZ Enterprises, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. was on the Scotland trip and is trying to get, so he's like friendly with Quillerin and they're talking and Dwight is trying to get Quillerin to like do something play related or like write them a little skit. Oh, he's trying to get him to write them a skit, write um, him and the, oh god sorry, Franklin just jumped over a flaming candle, perfect. Um, 
yeah, Dwight is trying to get Quiller to write like a little skit for all of their like overeager college summer staff to perform, and Quiller like, no, get Lyle Compton to do it. <laughs> He's all into the theater. Um, yeah, but they they do end up having dinner together and like brainstorming some fun activities because apparently this guy's job is or part of his job is to figure out like activities for people to do while they're there because he's like we got the you know the initial interest is like peaked and everyone like wants to vacation here but we got to keep it up with like all these fun activities Mm -hmm. Um, so they do they do end up having a a lengthy discussion at dinner and Quiller and pitches some like I don't I don't know personally I don't think they were so fun sounding like talks <laughs> oh god they all sounded and, so boring I know right but they were all like friends of his being like oh and like so and so talks about like this fun thing like wouldn't that be great well, that's right. He pitches like a bunch of them and they're all like, right, like friends. And he even says like, oh, Fran Brody could talk about interior design. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what I want to hear about on my fucking vacation. On vacation. On island. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> interior design. Um, no, you're right. And that that's the dinner, too, where he keeps asking a few questions of like, um, like kind of feeling out about like XYZ Enterprises. He doesn't quite get into the heavy stuff yet of like all the deaths and different things. But mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of starts feeling the waters. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think what else happens this chapter. Um, oh, I feel like he does a little, like, my, the one of the biggest things I missed in reading real books, like uh, Pet Cemetery. Not This is not a real book, but, you know, <laughs> fiction books as opposed to the cozy books, um, is that I just, like, love all of the errands that we get to watch people do all day long mm-hmm. and so we get so many like Quillerin just you know exploring going into and out of all these different shops like getting lunch meeting different people like oh that was the other thing that he did he stopped by an antique store yeah that's what I was gonna bring up uh, okay yeah uh what is it antiques by Noisset. yes <laughs> I just remembered because it pulled up on my phone right here and it says uh I forgot that her little tagline for her her store was Paris dot 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 Palm Beach oh <laughs> I just thought that was so funny because Quillerin even made like a oh my god someone who's been in Paris and Palm Beach shouldn't be here and I'm like what the is, I Palm, is Palm Beach that that fancy I don't think so I mean I've never thought I mean, maybe Palm Beach is the Paris of Florida. Maybe we just don't know these yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes and he has kind of a lengthy like talk conversation with her about um, not necessarily why she's there, but he's also trying to barter for these uh, um, theater masks. He's always, man, I feel like every cover, like I think the book, the cover that I have on my Kindle version um, right now is theater masks and I feel like that's like most of the covers of these books yeah I feel like there's definitely been a couple with theater masks yeah and he um he ends up uh he like you know does the bartering thing and doesn't show his hand but he does end up buying those and he buys a little uh glass tray for Lori and uh so she's kind of left she's very French I think like her uh it's almost like her accent is written out like 
um, she speaks a little bit differently and uh, she's kind of left in a mysterious place in our minds too. Um, Quilleran is kind of like, yeah, you got a great shop, but like, why are you here? Cause like no one's really buying anything and you know, it's not like a t-shirt shop or, and like a couple different people even say like, even a flea market would be great here, but like her stuff is really high end. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. That doesn't seem super suspicious yet, but I feel like we're supposed to keep an eye on that noise set. I think so too. But yeah, yeah nothing, nothing super suspicious yet. I mean, it could just be that maybe she is one of the characters because I still I'm waiting for his book to come out. I know he has one because I have it in my in my bookcase <laughs> here. So maybe she's just one of the stories that he covers in his book. Oh my God, that's true. Maybe it is. He finally writes a goddamn book. Yeah, I know. Short and tall tales right here. Oh, Why should I can reach it. <laughs> I shouldn't say finally because he did write City of Brotherly Crime, but I think he's got that author block on like writing a second book because I think that's been the thing for most of these books is that he either uses that as a cover of like, oh, I'm going to write a book about this and then uses it to like snoop. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? Mm. It says, as devoted readers of the series know, Quill has been working on this book since The Cat Who Tailed a Thief. Oh. <gasps> Have we read that one? I don't think we have. Is that a, is that one we skipped? Oh my god, you might be giving us spoilers. Hang on, let me look it up. <laughs> Wait, is this the... No, this isn't the book that you gave me. This is the one I found. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> I, just looked, I just looked at the back and I was like, this is a library book. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was... Uh, this is one that I found at my free bookstore, so... It's someone, someone else's library book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Cat Who Tailed a Thief is... Let's see. It was published in 97, so I don't think we've gotten to this mm, one yet. Okay. Oh, it's the 19th book. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten to this one yet. All right. All right. Not there yet. Not there oh. yet. Preceded by the cat who said cheese, which we're trying to get to. Which oh, is like we're trying to get away. to because I have yeah. that one. <laughs> I know I have that one too. That's like the most giveawayable, apparently, of the cat who series. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that one. <laughs> apparently, everyone liked this book because neither of us could find this one anywhere. Yeah, no, I had to buy this one. I know, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that actually almost wraps up this section. Like most of it was just like kind of groundwork, like laying different like we get a couple different snapshots of characters like um Mm -hmm. we get the there's we actually meet the older couple the the guy is the one who fell through the stairs and we kind of get a little more backstory to that um which is kind of it's kind of visual the story because the story goes that he stepped on it and then it like fully seesawed so as he went down the whole board went up yeah um I think that might actually be in the next section, but I know I was (laughs) trying to figure out where we stopped too. And I think it's, it's like literally right after Quillen shops for those masks. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. He comes back. um, He gives Lori the little like glass dish. um, Mm -hmm. And then like, that's kind of it. We find out that the, uh, what's her name? Halliburton. Oh yeah, the the um got the hots for him. 
Yeah, the woman that Quillerin saw and was like, no, I don't want her here. Mm-hmm. Um, we we find out that she had stayed in Quillerin's bungalow right before he did. And so that's why he had such a like adverse reaction to everything when he walked in because it all smelled like her. Like apparently she's a smoker, so it all kind of smelled like stale smoke and like her perfume mixed together. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, at the very end of this chapter, we get him like tossing all of the, <laughs> or like throwing everything in a closet to have washed later. But we do also get Coco's first little piece of mischief that might be leading to a clue. <gasps> Tell me, because I forget. It was his uh, his his calendar work. Mm. His little he yes. shredded June. He did. He specifically shredded June and not July. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't even shred. This is why I think it might be a clue. He didn't shred the picture of the dog or the like coupons for dog food. He just right. shredded the dates in June. Right. Which like that was Quillerin's initial thought was like, oh, he just saw a dog and hated it, but it wasn't wasn't that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what that leads to. We have some more antics in the next section. Wow, that is like maybe the softest cliffhanger we have ever. Yeah, that it's not very exciting. We didn't end no. on a good one this time. <laughs> we really didn't. That's like a molehill. Yeah, okay. We can tease we can tease something. That's um, true because we did read the second section because we were gonna try to record two episodes to get ahead tonight, but yeah, it is what, late. <laughs> what can we tease? Well, it's late for me. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, it's always late for me because I always want to be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel you. Um, there's next section, a near-death experience. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's true. We meet some rich, fancy people who I immediately hated. Oh, yes. Some foppish, foppish, foppish yes. folk. Yes. Um, I don't know. What else? You know, honestly, the next section's not that exciting either. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Listen to our next episode. <laughs> Listen to our next episode. Great, we love it. Um, it's gonna be the best. We ooh, do have a oh, lot more. Oh grumpy. my god, we ooh. get we get mystery. We get mystery in the next section. I just remembered. We get um. We talk to some more locals, which oh, we yeah. teased. We teased a little bit already, but that was actually in the next section when Quilleran talks to like one local in particular. No, you're we right. Get That's some, a really good mystery. We get some unsolved deaths from like a, a long time ago we get some like potential pirate deaths yeah for us which are like actually more interesting because i feel like she's lillian jackson braun has gotten to a really good point in her writing at this point in these books where like you know we kind of joked at some of the earlier books that just like you know the old-timey mysteries weren't really engaging and like we kind of weren't following them well this I think she's doing that same format but it's really fucking interesting yeah I think this one's definitely gonna tie in more because I feel like the other mysteries were like they sort of tied in but not in like a really meaningful way I think this one's actually gonna tie in in a meaningful way yeah I think you're right yeah, like, I I'm think excited. it's going to definitely be a part of the current mystery as opposed to just like a parallel of the current mystery. Ooh, we also get a seven foot tall secret agent. <gasps> we do. We actually <laughs> meet in this section. We can we talk do. about that. Should we tease that? 
We can. I don't know if anyone's going to remember him. He's the waiter who we've had before in other books, but we've probably never mentioned him before because he's never been important before. (laughs) Well, I think we've mentioned him. You're right. He's kind of just always been around. And so I was like really excited when he came back. So I was like, Derek, Derek, (laughs) oh, Derek. I think I might have mentioned him because he had a little bit of a bigger role in, um, oh, shoot. What was that? Not the burning play that Quillard wrote, but the play before that. <laughs> the play before the what? play. There's so many plays. Oh, in this. the, uh, in the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think it was Mark the that... wasn't in the play, but he, everyone else was. Yes. And he just kept attending rehearsals. The one with Miranda. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think Derek was in that and Derek kept like like he had some like comic like com- comedic relief part that he like really nailed and then everyone was really surprised when he like also really nailed like a dramatic like there's some little bit and like his character always is brought up it's brought up again in this too of like everyone thinks this poor kid is just really dumb and Quillerin's like I think he's great I think he's really got what it takes yeah, and, uh, yeah. Quillerin like really believes in this kid for some reason. He's like, no, he's smart. He's gonna do well in life. And everyone's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we've already written him off. And Quillerin's like, well, yeah. but yeah. Well, Quillerin's like, he's he's you know doubling down on his uh, belief in this kid because he does put him in some high stakes situations. Yeah, I would say he almost pulls a uh, a Parker Pink Sunsets situation on this kid. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, God. Well, I think that's a much better. Okay, I think that's a great teaser. I think we've we've done good. Let's pat ourselves on the back again. (laughs) (laughs) We we did great. We nailed this. Nailed this episode. (laughs) Nailed it hard. I hope you guys liked it, too. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I also, um, maybe we could tease too that we are, it's not going to be quite as intense and nothing will ever live up to Julia's Halloween advent. We miss it too. <laughs> well, Julia misses it less than us. I miss but... it less. It was a lot of work, but I do want to <laughs> do it again at some point, maybe with more preparation. <laughs> but we are trying to think of some kind of fun, like lead up to the holidays type, you know, maybe another kind of advent or maybe you know, something else, like, you know, yeah. we're just trying to think it through. So if you have any ideas, feel free to hit us up on social media. We are at Paranormal Captivity Pod on Instagram and Paranormal Pod on Twitter. We're also, if you want to email us, we're Paranormal Captivity Pod. Is that right? Oh, God, it's been so long since I've... Also, sorry, <laughs> I've done so the spiel at, at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually done the spiel, exactly. Um, yeah, I think we're Paranormal Captivity Pod at gmail.com. Um... Yeah, we have a Patreon, too, if you want to go check out. Um, I just posted, well, a little bit ago, posted our uh, November Patreon. I actually put up a video where I talked about how, uh, actually, I talked with my friend Cricket about how she let me come with her when she adopted a kitty. And that was, like, just the sweetest and most fun. Um, Yeah, I think that's it for now. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate you all. And, uh Oh, we haven't done a Pet Your Kitties in a while. Oh, well, Pet Your Kitties, because I don't have any with me. Oh, Oh my God, everyone, stop making Julia feel so bad. (laughs) Stop having great pets when mine are on vacation. (laughs) Oh.
Yes. All right. Well, have a good night. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.